From WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia, I'm Kendall Smith. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. This is Politically Inclined from WUSC News. up on this week's show, the race for the mayor's office is in the Soda City after longtime Columbia Mayor Steve Benjamin announced he wouldn't seek re-election. The city of Columbia is looking to elect a new mayor. Candidate Sam Johnson joins us tonight to talk about his campaign. And at the State House, the South Carolina House of Representatives has passed the Religious Freedom Act that would designate churches and other religious centers essential during states of emergencies. We will discuss what impact this bill could have on the lives of South Carolinians later on in the show. All that and more coming up on this week of Politically Inclined. The news is first. You're listening to Politically Inclined from WUSC News. Earlier this year, Mayor Stephen Benjamin announced he wouldn't be seeking re-election. Several candidates have come forward vying to become Columbia's new mayor. These candidates include Columbia City Council members Tamika Isaac-Devine, Daniel Rickerman, and former Benjamin aide Sam Johnson. Sam joins us tonight to talk about his campaign and his plans for the future of Columbia. Thank you so much for being here tonight. My pleasure. As always, I'm a Gamecock Gamecock, uh, through and through undergrad and law school. So uh, it's, it's, it's my honor and pleasure to be on USC Radio. Again. Well, we love to have a Gamecock for sure. That definitely gets you brownie points for sure. So I really want to jump in and, you know, tell me a little bit more about your background. Who, you know, tell us who Sam Johnson is. Absolutely. Um, so me and Kendall were actually just talking about this. I'm uh, born and raised in Columbia. My mom and my dad are from Ridgeway and Winsboro, respectively. So right between Columbia and Charlotte. Uh, so I, I call that Ken- Kendall geography. Uh, <laughs> I went to Spring Valley High School and then was blessed to go to the University of South Carolina. I was a first generation college student uh, and uh, you know was blessed to then go back and get my law degree after uh, having worked as Mayor, Mayor Benjamin's chief of staff for about six years. Uh, and a lot of you uh, know that when you uh, when you uh, work for an elected official, uh, you never quite finish working for an elected official. Uh, and so it's been a pleasure over the last decade to be very involved in the growth uh, and the, uh, the the uh, the resurgence of Columbia. You know, Columbia has so many opportunities. Uh, and so being a native, being someone who's born and raised here. I'm so passionate about this community and this city. Um, I've got, uh, I met my wife at Carolina. Uh, actually, uh, we're, we're probably in a very elite uh, fraternity uh, of, uh, of couples that had their wedding uh, planned by the University of South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> and that. so we, we, actually, we actually had cocky at our wedding. Uh, <laughs> so uh, our golden doodle is named Bates. <laughs> uh, just to just to make it a little bit thicker there uh, and grow the relationship, and we have a a nine month old as I was telling you guys about, um, and so uh, my wife, who's an attorney, uh, uh, practices here in Columbia. Uh, we are we've been extremely blessed by Columbia. Um, you know, I put our talent up against any any city in the country. We've got some amazing uh, just human capital here. Uh, there's wonderful people who um, who want to see Columbia grow, 
who, um, you know, we've got challenges, but we have people here who are willing to walk arm in arm with you to help you tackle and, uh, and, and solve those challenges. Um, and so I'm running for mayor because uh, not only have I learned a lot from the city and been blessed to work and, 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 and really uh, roll my sleeves up over the last decade to make Columbia better, um, I believe wholeheartedly that you know, we have one of the brightest futures out of any city in, in America. Sam, I love that you named your golden doodle Bates. I lived in Bates West last year. <laughs> what a place. <laughs> it was quite the experience living in Bates. Also quite oh, the walk to get to Central Campus <laughs> from Bates. I think I'm like the last class of people to ever live there as a regular student because now it's the quarantine center for COVID patients. So definitely an interesting Ooh. experience living in Bates. But you talked there about working as the chief of staff. Well. Oh, go ahead. Well, and I will tell you that me and my wife also both lived in Bates as well. So oh, man. Uh, we automatically yeah. have the connection over Bates West. I feel like that's an elite group of people who can say they've experienced life in the Bates. grunge. It is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but you talked there about being the chief of staff for Mayor Benjamin for about six years. But you yourself have never run for an elected office before. So what inspired you to do so now? So, you know, we're at a pivotal time. Uh, yeah, you guys just mentioned, you mentioned Bates West being a, a COVID center. Um, you know, I was blessed to get my, my second uh, 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 dose of the vaccine today um, after having uh, uh, volunteered at Gamecock Park. Um, you know, we are in a very interesting time in American history. Uh, and, um, and that has implications here in Columbia. Uh, so the, the direction of Columbia um, you know, we have uh, some prime, wonderful opportunities for growth. Uh, you know, we have some wonderful challenges uh, that we've got to tackle, like housing and, and development. Uh, and so the next mayor of Columbia is going to be front and center, has an opportunity to lead on those issues. I want to tackle some of these issues head on. I want to be the mayor who solves those problems. I want to be the mayor who focuses on those issues, who helps uh, who helps. Uh, folks imagine a Columbia that you know provides quality education to all of its citizens that uh, that that provides housing adequate housing affordable housing market rate senior housing uh, workforce housing to all of its citizens um, I want to be the mayor who uh, who's able uh, to say that during my time during my tenure as mayor we've done these things we've tackled these issues we've developed our riverfront we've uh, 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 you know, seen Bull Street take off and grow. We've expanded our convention center. These are some of the challenges that we have. Uh, and I think the next mayor has an excellent, amazing opportunity to be the mayor who can say that they've done, they've done these things. Um, and as a little boy from Columbia, um, you know, that's special. That's a, that, you know, why would you not step up? If you have the opportunity, if you've been blessed to, to learn so much about the city over the last decade, why would you not uh, step up? to to really impact the direction of Columbia. And, you know, you, you talk about COVID there, and I think that I, a lot of people are realizing their local government plays a huge importance into their lives in making um, these decisions. And hopefully by the time the election is over, because it is November 2nd, if I'm right, uh, life will yeah. return to some sort of normalcy. But how do you view the city of Columbia's response to the COVID-19 pandemic? And what changes would you enact as mayor to ensure that we would be better prepared if we were to ever face something like this ever again? 
Well, let me let me back up. You know, I don't think life will ever go back to the same. You know, be honest, yeah. the way it was, right? Um, yeah. As I mentioned, I have a nine month old. Um, the world that she's going to grow up in is going to be very different. The history books that you and I, all of us, have studied and read over the last ever uh, will 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 ne- will never read the same. Uh, this chapter in American history, um, you know, it, it, it will be a, a delineating factor. Um, and so the net, you know, we've also seen how mayors have led, right? If you are in South Carolina, you've seen how mayors Tecklenburg and Benjamin and Knox White and uh, uh, Mayor Parton and Casey and some of these mayors have stepped up and uh, provided mass ordinances when uh, others wouldn't. Uh, and so mayors have been at the forefront uh, of public safety. Um, and so, um, you know, that, that leadership uh, that we've seen on a local level not only has it saved lives, it saved our economy. Um, and so uh, the distinction, the linkage between our economy and public health will be uh, one of the gifts that we have out of this pandemic. We, we, will, we now realize that if our people are not healthy, our economy suffers. Uh, and so I think the next mayor has to, um, has to you know, lead with that in mind. Uh, you know, our first policy announcement uh, after announcing this campaign was for the chief health officer, uh, because on the local level, you've seen this, you know, uh, many cities across the country have chief health officers, even before the pandemic. Um, you know, folks who can advise um, the mayor and council and senior leadership uh, at their cities, at their respective cities, to, you know, on on health care policy and how that health care policy impacts the decision making process. Uh, and so, uh, you know, our chief health officer will be someone who's going to be, you know, will be in lockstep with me, uh, who, who, who will advise me on how we tackle some of our public health challenges going forward uh, and, and address our growth. One of the things the next mayor will have to do is deal with the economic challenges that this pandemic um, has presented um, uh, Columbia. All right, our budget took a $24 million hit this past year. Uh, that is something that, you know, you just don't, uh, you know, you know, you don't, you know, blink and, 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 uh, and go on from it. Right. You know, that's something that you, you know, that you have to, um, you have to address. And Sam, like you said, we are living through a very important time in American history right now. And over this past summer, many saw the photos of police clashes with protesters in downtown Columbia. Some USC students were even at these protests. What measures would you take as the mayor to ensure Columbia's police department has good community relations with the people that they serve? So my daughter was born on May 29th, which was the same day. Uh, uh, those incidents happen, uh, those uh, protests happen uh, in downtown Columbia. So that is very, uh, very much uh, uh, at the top of my brain uh, and something I'll never forget. Uh, uh, I'll never forget being in uh, uh, you know, uh, the delivery room uh, after having watched my wife give birth and holding my daughter uh, and literally uh, getting on Twitter is to see, hey, what's what's going on? What happened? And seeing, uh, you know, the vista um, and, and some of these, uh, 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 you know, uh, folks who are um, uh, protesting and protesting and some of the incidents that led led from that. Um, you no, know, policing is going to be an evolving conversation. I remember 
uh, during my time in the mayor's office, uh, President Obama, who launched the 21st Century uh, Policing Task Force, um, I remember helping our police department uh, develop the Justice for All initiative. Um, and, and, and certainly the conversation has evolved since, to, since then. Uh, that was 2015 or so, and, and the conversation around policing has evolved. I think um, going forward, uh, you know, the you know our, our police department will be comprised of folks who don't wear a badge, who who don't tote a gun. Uh, you know, we will hire social workers, uh, we will hire psychiatrists, we'll hire uh, folks who who play integral roles in our in our police department, uh, but aren't. Uh, uh, historically, you know, the individuals or, or the, the FTEs, the, uh, the positions that, that we would have thought um, would play, you know, key, key roles in our police department. And so I think what we've got to do is we've got to have a mayor who is willing uh, to, um, to, to embrace the future of policing here in Columbia. You know, you talk about policing and one place that they are heavily involved in is in the Five Points area where many students frequent, yeah. even though it can be unsafe or it, you know, it's some place that a lot of students can be found. A lot of them right now are at risk of losing their liquor licenses and amid legal battles with community members. Where's your stance on the license renewals? And do you see yourself, how do you see them working with community leaders and the greater U of SC community um, in that instance? Yeah, uh, so... As I mentioned, I'm a I'm a born and raised Colombian. I'm a native Colombian, so I'm very familiar with Five Points, um, and I'm also aware of the relationship amongst you know town and gown uh, uh, communities, right? Uh, communities that are blessed to have um, uh, higher ed institutions. And so we've got not only University of South Carolina, we've got Benedict College, we've got Allen University, all in close proximity. We have uh, you know further down the street, we've got. Um, uh, uh, Columbia College uh, as well. Um, and so we've got wonderful institutions of higher education. Um, that is a blessing. We've got to make sure that we have a, uh, a relationship, a spirit of collaboration to make sure that we're providing safe venues uh, for our students uh, and our citizens, right? And, and realizing that you will have a mixture of the two. You will have citizens and students um, because students are inherently citizens uh, 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 who uh, uh, frequent and attend um, some of our institutions uh, uh, or some of some of our um, uh, places of business in five points. What we've got to do is that town gown relationship has to be reciprocal. Uh, you know, we've got to make sure that the University of South Carolina is a good partner and we've got to make sure uh, that the businesses in all of our hospitality districts are great partners as well. Uh, and so I think that relationship building and the spirit collaboration is one that starts at the top. Um, the, the next mayor of Columbia has to, uh, has to be somebody who understands that. And as a native of Columbia, as a person who not too, too long ago was a student of the University of South Carolina, I understand that environment. Uh, and I also understand what it takes uh, from a spirit of collaboration and, and working together, I've, uh, my entire uh, my entire career has been built on uh, helping to foster intergovernmental agreement. Um, and so, you know, I think you know, we we've got a lot of blessing there, uh, and we got some challenges because of uh, just the the nature of the mix, right? You know, University of South Carolina, 
hospitality districts right on top of it. Um, and so that requires that we all, you know, be willing to work together and, and tackle these challenges together. Um, it's, it's doable. Uh, it's, it's, it's how you go into the conversation. Well, Sam, the election is still a little while away, although I'm sure time will fly between now and November. But what do you think the key to your campaign is in order to take home a victory come November? Kendall's you. Uh, it's, it's, and I say that, uh, and Lydia, I think it's, 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 it's people, right? Mm. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, Columbia, I would put our human capital up against any community. You know, we're blessed. We, you know, uh, we're having this conversation, of course. We're thinking about the University of South Carolina. I see Gamecocks uh, uh, throughout the room. Um, you know, we have an amazing composition. We have so many assets. Um, and so for me, it's going to be having those you know, conversations, conversations like this, where you get a chance to talk and, and discuss the future of Columbia and what that looks like. And I think for me, you know, having the, having conversations with folks where we where we openly talk about tackling these challenges head on uh, is, is, is going to be key. We're not going to change Columbia by being passive uh, or uh, by allowing some of these long-standing challenges to just continue to linger. We've got to be willing to be, uh, to, to be aggressive, to be bold, to be willing to address these challenges. Uh, and so I think that is my, my key. Uh, and I think that honestly, that should be the key for anyone who's running for mayor of Columbia. Uh, having a willingness to not only just assume the role, right? You know, um, anybody uh, can can run for mayor and assume the role and and and, and uh, look to lead Columbia uh, going forward. The key is how you do it. And so, uh, you know, for me, you know, it's going to be about putting policy on the table, talking through these issues, getting feedback, and uh, and going from there. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Sam. We loved having you on. Ooh, one thing, I have, I'm having a conversation tomorrow. We're launching a conversation series called Columbia Can't Wait. Uh, and our first, this is Women's History Month, so our first uh, first conversation will be with uh, three powerhouses, three trailblazers uh, here in Columbia. Uh, and so I hope that everyone uh, who's listening is able to join me. We'll be on Facebook Live. Just go to Johnson for Mayor. And I hope you enjoy me. I hope you're able to join me. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us today on Politically Inclined. Oh, my pleasure. Y'all have a great evening. You too. The state of South Carolina House of Representatives passed the Religious Freedom Act recently laying the groundwork to make religious places of worship essential during a state of emergency such as COVID-19. While the bill is still waiting to be passed by the South Carolina Senate and then signed into law by Governor McMaster, there is a lot to unpack with what the potential of this bill becoming a law could mean for residents of the Palmetto State. So Lydia, let's just go ahead and talk about this, unpack it all. What are your thoughts? I think this can be a great thing. I think a lot of people are really you know when churches were closed it was it was hard for a lot of people um i think that um there was a lot of concern that closing churches would violate the freedom of religious provision in the u.s constitution um so i think governor mcmaster allowing them to be a deemed essential um can be a positive thing for the community what about you kendall 
You talk a lot about mental health with the COVID-19 pandemic, and I think it's been a really challenging and tough time for a lot of people, and many people focus in on their faith during challenging times, during tough times. So I think places of worship being open for people to go to is a good thing. I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not this passes. I have a feeling that it will, uh, but we've never experienced anything like COVID-19, at least during our lifetime, Lydia. So experiencing that, not being able to go places was really, really hard. So I think maybe for the mental health aspect of things, if it can be done safely, and that's the big key here is it needs to be done be done safely. I think it could be a good thing. But a lot of people saying, you know, this needs to happen. Restaurants were open during the pandemic. Bars could be open, but we couldn't go to worship in our so chosen place. And I feel like that's a good argument to make, honestly. There's a lot of arguments being made about it. And I think the mental health aspect that you bring up is a really important one because, you know, I've heard it said, um, churches can be like hospitals for sick people with your heart, you know? And so I think during such a tumultuous time in our country for churches to be closed, but, you know, we've seen churches operate virtually well. We've seen them, um, you know, churches be able to go online, but it is definitely different. My church back in Spartanburg was able to meet outdoor and we had outdoor services that were socially distanced. And I think that that was something um, that can be put into play as well. Well, the key here is safety, of course, the first and foremost priority, and that has been made clear with this bill now passing from the South Carolina House of Representatives. We'll have to see how it does in the Senate, but certainly something interesting to be watching in South Carolina politics over the next few weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of big things happening at the State House, and we just Absolutely. want to keep you updated here. Well, that is all for Politically Inclined this week. Make sure to tune in each Monday at 6 p.m. for a discussion on the biggest political news. Politically Inclined is a production by WUSC News and is produced by Chelsea Bynes and Flynn Snyder. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at WUSC underscore news and on Twitter at WUSC News. The music for Politically Inclined is called Fluffy by Smith the Mister. You can go find other news shows and WUSC News podcast at GarnetMediaGroup.org. From WUSC News in Columbia, I'm Kendall Smith. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. We'll see you next week.